So now we're just going to do a show of yawning. It's just going to be a show all about yawning. <laughs> That's a whole bunch of old man noises out right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Healy Nation version 2.0. I am Dan. This is episode 104. 104. Man, guys are here. Tops up. Nick, guys. Justin, and Jesse. It kind of feels like we were just at like 90, 95, 100. Yeah. And we're already four into the, the next century, dude. Dude, pretty soon we're going to be at 204. It's going to go is that quick. Crazy. It's going to go that nuts. quick. I think, I think, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of feeling, it's starting to feel like fall and I don't like it. it it's like everything is going into this slow motion mode. And, I'm with you, dude. And I don't really care for it. I'm guessing Jesse got some flights in this week. Jesse, did you do oh, anything? You, Dan, you are correct. Yeah, let's move on then. Let's, <laughs> let's go to someone That's else. Got the flights in. <laughs> That's it. That's all you End did? End of story. I mean, I flew. How many did you fly, dude? Like two? Uh, a couple more. Not not a ton. I only made it out to the field one day this week. I Last weekend, I was just super hooked up with homework. Day. And, I know. And and then, so Sunday, I was planning on going out to the field, and the weather was really bad, so didn't get a chance to make it out Sunday. So I you know got all my homework done, made it out Tuesday to the field. Probably got in 10 flights or so, 10, 12 flights. Did get a chance so that was those were the first couple flights on that new uh, Compass Seven HV head that I was talking about Ooh, last week. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's hear it. Well, I only got you know eight eight flights on or so, so it's still pretty early, but so far so good. I mean, extremely dialed. Had to do a little bit more tweaking with the V bar, up the head gain just a little bit. Nothing too crazy. And also another thing that I didn't bring up was. Recently, uh, like Nick had mentioned, I also dropped my head speed way down and raised up my pitch on my heli. So now I'm currently running, let's see, I think 2,000 RPMs on the head and 14 degrees of pitch on the collective. And that seemed to be, you know, make the heli about the same speed as when I was running 12 degrees of pitch and 2150 on the head. So, I, and I definitely think this this new head is definitely going to be catered more towards that lower head speed. There was, you know, fewer bobbles and overall just, it just seemed to fly great. So looking forward to getting a few more flights on that tomorrow and Sunday. Are you How still was liking it? it? Still liking the head speed change? Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's, I am, I mean, I gained like a minute of flight time. That alone. I mean, hmm. if, if that's not a huge positive, I don't know what is because that's when it comes to like practicing maneuvers and stuff during the flights. A whole extra minute of flight time is huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, like where I feel, I feel very, really foolish. I mean, truthfully, <laughs> it's like, why? How did you overlook this? Exactly. Where? Do, where? I, at what point did like, I go wrong and miss this? 
We just got stuck we were in this like caught up 12 in degrees. The, 12 degrees. Yeah. That's yes. all we need. That's all we need. All and three it, of it, us have always been that way. It's always been 12 degrees. And it's yep. true. I mean, that is all you need. And then you yeah. guys mocked me for 20, 22 degrees. Yeah. Well, Dan, Dan okay, was just I the mean, head of the game. When we say we can go above 12 degrees, we don't mean by another 10 degrees, Dan. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> hey, if, you know, 13 or 14 is good. 22 must be better, right? I guess. Mm, or someone, Maybe not somewhere. in a nitro. If you're talking about a quantity other than pitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you guys are silly. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I, I distinctly remember it must have been, before, well, no. Yeah, it was because I was flying uh, Quinn's Goblin, and I told you guys I was running 13.5, and I got a little... Little crap from you guys for that. Yeah, but dude, you were also you were running like twenty two hundred. Really, how how fast? Twenty two hundred. That was it. That was it. No, every oh, time I, I talked to you, it was like, well, like yeah, the highest was twenty four. Maybe it was twenty four. Actually, you know, I might have set it at twenty five or twenty six. You can't get. Really you can't sure. get like that. Gary, you can't get twenty five with thirteen and a half degrees of pit. <laughs> you can't get twenty five with the gearing that was in that with that pulley. I don't know. It was just funny. Oh, actually, I you're you right. Like, you and I sat down and did the math on that. I think you could only max out at 2300. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's what the uh, gear, and that's with a different gearing because the gearing that was on Quinn's is not stock gearing. Oh, okay. I I have no gotcha. real good concept of of like what is fast and what is not. Yeah, like, Anything below like a 550. I just don't have a clue. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. I don't know. To me, 20, did it feel fast? No, it actually, 22 to me, just for whatever reason, in that size helicopter, it feels, it sounds slow to me. I, I don't know if, you know what I mean? I don't know. Well, what were you running when we maidened your goblin at Snohomish? Well, dude, you helped me set the, the governor. <laughs> I know. I can't he remember, though. You. I mean, it, it, it sounded pretty quiet. It was 2300. Okay. Well, Actually, yeah, I, I don't know what it is running right now, my goblin, but I really like it, and I I don't I don't I don't I don't know where the RPM is. I'm guessing from memory. I think it's at like at 22, and that seems to be. I, I'm liking it a lot. Uh, I turned the gain up, and we're kind of jumping on what Jesse was doing. So we'll move into that yeah. later when I start talking about what I've been up to. Jesse, what else, man? Just flying. That's it. Simon. You you and Nick been simming a lot. What's, what's um? I got on the sim three or four times last week. Nothing. I'm I'm trying to get back to every day, but there's a lot of stuff going on right now. So when I can, I've been jumping on half an hour to an hour, throwing a session up online. Um, always seem to find a couple people in there to fly with, so it's always a good time. Other than that, I hate to admit I still do not have the nitro back together. Oh man! I, know, I I pretty much promised last week that I would, but I go to start building this thing, putting it back together, and I completely forgot. Like during the crash at Snohomish, to grab the little torque tube bearing holders out of the boom. <laughs> so I totally just threw away that whole assembly. I didn't even didn't even realize that new bearing holders weren't going to come with the new torque tube. Yeah, is that not so, about the wait a minute? So is thing? Th- that is stupid? That is stupid. I agree. So, but I, but didn't you already have to make like a second part order because you missed some stuff? So this was a third one. Oh yeah, we're on the third order now for one crash. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> Jesse, how how long has it been since the nitro's been up? I mean, how many weeks? 
since it's been crashed. Yeah. Down? I mean, how long has it been down? August seventeenth oh, is when it went down. Yeah, wow. it's like a month. So wait a minute, Nick. Do, are we? We're like in some weird, bizarro world because see, let's yeah. see. No, we are. We are here. Justin gets like almost twenty flights in in one day. Well, you just wait until I get to my part. And and Jesse is like a month a month away from a heli that's broke yeah, down. I'm, What's I'm up just with fighting. You? I'm just trying to just trying to make it. <laughs> oh, and dude. he only got yeah. ten or twelve flights this week. I mean, ten. I, yeah, I think like, for Jesse, if it's less wow. than like fifteen, it might as well be zero. Be zero. I, you know, I'm. A, I would agree. <laughs> it's like it's almost like you know, you you don't even get credit for anything below fifteen. Yeah, just I'll take it because take that's the, the standard. Down. Yeah, exactly. I am not arguing at all. You're right. How done? Are we? <laughs> Jesse, are you like? What's the deal? Is like Jesse no, held to a higher I, standard? I, I do have the stuff. Sit. I mean, I just got. I just got them in the mail today. They will be back in this weekend, unless the, I miss the, something else. The bearing holder. At, at this rate, I mean, I better check to make sure I have blades and and uh, ball links. I don't know. <laughs> oh, so, do you have a battery to replace the one that you blew up? I do, but you know, I'm uh, really okay. wishing I would have cut the balance lead off that battery because I I made a little uh. I made a little adapter. This is a completely different topic, but I made a little adapter to charge and balance my Scorpion backup guards. Mm-hmm. And that required a little 2S male balance end off, mm-hmm. off the battery. So I had to sacrifice another old battery, but that's okay. So I wish I wish I would have cut that off before I tossed that one at Snohomish. That's Other why, than that's, that, the, uh, that's why the my weather, trailer looks like it does. Because I don't like to throw anything away. For that very reason. Well, that battery was like going to light on fire. I didn't want that thing anyway. It was like in half. It, <laughs> it, it was, dude. It was punctured. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Dan would save it. I do. I got I got batteries from like five years ago in my trailer. I. You know what else I found out? I just recycled a bunch of batteries. Did you know that at least the, the local Radio Shack in Bellingham will take our helicopter batteries? Really? And they will dispose of them for you. Really? For a fee? Yes. No. They'll just take them. For They're free? Like a, wow. For free? Yep. I, I didn't uh, know that. I was leaving to come back to school and I gave my... I was asking around seeing if anyone knew where I could recycle these. And I ended up just leaving them with my grandpa. And he called me a couple days later. He's like, went into Radio Shack and showed them. And they said they they take them and recycle them. Huh. Oh, that's way better than shooting them with a pellet gun. Like... <laughs> It's not as fun, yeah. though. It's not the, it doesn't get the fun <laughs> factor, but it's definitely probably the correct way to dispose yeah. of them. So I thought I thought that was interesting. Did not, did not I know that because I'd been the same thing. I'd been hoarding up all these I, batteries. I wonder it's if like, it's just like the Radio Shack guys in Bellingham were bar- bored off their ass, and so they're like, oh, yeah, dude, we recycle that shit. And then they took it <laughs> they in the back and shoot. shot it with a pellet gun. <laughs> That's all right. It's not my mess anymore. In the paper the next morning, 18 mailboxes lit on fire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then and then much, much like Dan said, the weather, it was like 42 degrees out here the other night. Dude, did you have frost on your windshield this morning? Um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't wake up till like seven, oh, seven thirty, and there was none at that time. You slacker. Yeah, I know. But I, I put up a post on our Facebook. I'm trying to. I'm getting ready early this year. I am going to try and fly every weekend throughout the winter. But I still got to find that magic solution for keeping my hands warm at the field. When you find it, let me know what it is, dude. I'll so, tell you what. I was pretty. I was pretty. Uh, 
intrigued by, and I can't remember his name, but one of the listeners said that he uses like ultra thin gloves and he actually flies with them on. I can't remember what the gloves were called. Do you remember, Jesse? I don't, but I do remember seeing that that link. I don't I don't know though. I'm kind of skeptical about flying with anything covering my fingertips. So it would, it would be interesting, but I'm I'm still not sure. You know what you should try, Justin? What? You should just put some pantyhose on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I'll let it pass, <laughs> and then I'll actually provide. No, because a, I just pictured it. <laughs> you just is that that you just said it so that you could laugh. So I could picture it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe that would work. I don't know, but uh, it doesn't seem like it would keep your hands all that line. warm. No, it just doesn't <laughs> seem to quite give me that connected feeling. <laughs> No, I just yeah, I don't think it would work, dude. And, and that you, shit's not meant to keep your hands and or you know, legs you know or whatever would, warm. You know what tops that image off? If not only you had it on your hands, but you had some over your face as well. <laughs> so your nose was smushed up. Like a bank robber. <laughs> oh, you need to awesome. do that and take that picture so we can put it on Facebook. All right. That would be We'll funny. see what we can come up with. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> back up, back on track. Back on track. No, that's it. I'm just if anyone has any good solutions that's working for them, I'm I'm looking for some. That well, you know, we should one of these days we should do a show about that and let's get uh, you know, I kind of I this year I I've, I say it every year. I'm going to do the kind of like you do Nick with the with the propane heater. Yep. I, and I never get around to doing it mainly because it's I never I what I'm think when the only time I think about it is when I'm at the field freezing my ass off. God damn, I should really go buy one of those. <laughs> I mean, I've got the bottle, but I just need to get the heater that sits on top of it, right? So I never think about it until I need it. I'm ready to rock, dude. I got uh I recently picked up a hundred foot extension cord. Yeah. I'm just gonna plug like a power strip in there and bring like four uh heating what are those things called? Heating pads that you put on your back. <laughs> And then just stick them all over the place while I'm flying. I thought you were going to put space heaters out there on the ground. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Surround one in my jacket. You know one in my put pants. one of those heating pads down your pants and hold it in place with some pantyhose. Nick's on a pantyhose. a very weird obsession. With the heating pack, dude, I might only have to wear the pantyhose. <laughs> yeah. Picture that, Nick. <laughs> With an extension cord. A green extension crack. cord sticking out of my ass. Oh, With geez. a pair of pantyhose and a heating pad. Oh, oh. oh shit. I have like a pull to turn on. Somehow I feel like this is actually going to happen sometime this winter. Oh. All right, who's up next? Who wants to tell us what they were doing? I'll go. All right. Get, let's get Nick off this panty. Nick, Nick is, dude, calm yourself, man. Oh, okay, take a breath. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got to get this going here. Okay. All right.
All right. <laughs> Serious. Dan, you can't do that after you try to get us back on track. Uh, I'm good. <clears throat> I'm good. Game face. Game I'm face. ready. You just let me know when you're ready. I'm, I'm <laughs> Don't. Don't. Forbid thee. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking and see if that works. Oh okay, yeah, that'll bore. Yeah. So I actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, Justin's gonna make us all go to sleep. Okay. Oh, you guys no, are good. killing me. Uh, okay, dude. Jeez. All right, I'm good. <clears throat> no. Okay, so I had a good week. I got out flying last weekend. I maidened the turkey leg. It is flying now. Okay, so Dan, we we did some statistics on Jesse, right? Right. It's been over a month since he has flown his nitro, and it's still in pieces. Yes. I, on the other hand, got the goblin at Snohomish and have maidened it a already mere built. three weeks afterwards. It was already, already built. built. Like, it was already that. built. You know, <laughs> partially though, Jesse. There was stuff I needed to do. There was stuff needed I needed to do. The airframe was built. No, dude, there were other bits and pieces that I had to put on there. Canopy screws. Like, like the canopy? The canopy. <laughs> canopy screws? No, actually, the canopy. I bought it with the canopy on. Dude, I had to put the canopy rubber grommets in. Put the blades in. in. Have you tried to put rubber grommets in that canopy? <laughs> he had to put the a blade, receiver in. The blades in. were already on. Blades, oh, were, blades already on. were already on. <laughs> That's good. That would have been another week. <laughs> so you, you flew it. No, I, yeah, I you flew know, it, funny. dude. I, I actually got, I got a Facebook message from somebody. I can't remember who. Oh, oh, I think it was um, Jody from Australia. Yeah, I was, was talking like, to so Jody is, this week as well. Has, has has Justin flown the Goblin yet? I'm like, uh, I, my first instinct was just like, no, no, no way in hell has he. Flown oh, of yet. course not. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, you had. And what'd you think of it, man? What'd you think? Dude, I really like it. I so here's my first impression. It is fast as hell. Yeah. Man. I mean, when you put the canopy on there and get going, it just it rips across the sky. And it does but it sounds good too, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's nice and quiet. There aren't any funky noises or, you know, buzzing or any crap like that. The the thing is that I'm running it on the castle 160 hv so this is part of the whole esc shootout thing and i was expecting the thing the castle to perform crappy on the internal gov because the last time i flew a castle on internal gov it still sucked i'm actually quite impressed i haven't finished tuning it i'm i'm up to a gain of about 20 right now but it's holding pretty darn well i mean it's not nearly as bad as it was uh, a long time ago, and I don't know if that's the firmware or, you know, they've they've completely revamped the governor algorithm, but I was impressed at how well it was performing. Hmm. The uh, the other thing about this goblin that I notice is you can't not know what orientation you're in because it's so freaking bright and huge with the full the full body and fuselage. But let me ask you it, one question before you go on because that very thing um the one thing I don't like about the the well the 500 in particular and mm-hmm. essentially the same. I mean, 
smaller. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Just scaled down. Don't right? you find that in tumbles and in you know fast maneuvers that it kind of gets a little jumbled? I mean, from from nose to tail, it's just like it's like. Wouldn't it be better? Don't you think it would be better to have contrasting colors on the tail and the? Uh, I, I feel. I, I that guess way. I, now that you mention that, I could see how that would be a problem. It it didn't bother me on the few flights that I put on it last weekend. I'll see, you know, as as I go on. But yours whether is that really, I mean, completely different. That canopy has. It, I think it really changes it because, like on mine, mine dude, or Dan's, no yours. I mean, oh it's yeah, so mine is the what's it called? The volcano color. It's like orange and yellow. Yeah, good colors. Yeah. Good mine, colors. like I would actually completely space out and lose it during pyro flips. And yours is the greenish yellow one, right? Yeah, but it's it was like all that color, you know, the original one. And so it's right. just like this, man. You'd get it whipping around in pyro flips, and it was like, yeah, kind of. It just looked like this big green thing. You know, but yours at least it's very contrasting on the camera. Oh yeah. I mean it pops even from far away and when you're moving fast. I didn't have any situations where I thought, oops, I'm not quite sure where it's at. Yeah. And and this is the weird thing, like nowadays I never fly with a canopy on. The only time canopies go on my helis are when they're sitting at the bench to look good. This one I just feel compelled. To put a canopy on it because I I gotta be honest, it is sexy. It's starting to grow on me. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh oh. I like the look <laughs> of it. I really do. So go ahead, Nick. Start giving him shit. No, no, no. Well, hold, there's a difference, dude. I'm not gonna go and get Bert's signature. What? When did? When was Dan gonna do that? I didn't say you were. Well, I if know, but he Nick- starts talking about another one. Oh, I see. That's different. But see, you were like, so if he gets a five hundred now, then I really a- didn't pitch you a whole bunch of crap. Not a whole bunch. Not maybe a whole bunch. Just a little. A little Nick's bit. trying to backpedal. I got you covered, but no. But I, if you, start, I think if, he was justified in giving you crap about it. If well, Justin starts talking about getting a five hundred, then game over. The gobble gobble jokes will come. No, 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 no. Okay, so here's the thing. You you want to know something else that I've learned? recently while we're on this topic i like having multiple helis of different brands because i feel like it gives me the opportunity to fly whatever the hell i want and try out any of the designs and i don't have to feel like i'm stuck in one major brand with a ton of parts and stuff like that on hand so i won't be getting another goblin god this sounds familiar i won't be (laughs) The o- Okay, so here's the thing. The only, the only brand I could see myself getting a second one of is Compass. And that's either because of the warp, which I may eventually succumb to Nick's and Jesse's pestering, or a 6HV Ultimate when it comes out. But I don't think it's going to be the warp because what have we been talking about this yeah, week, Yeah, I, I switched my pestering. You you did. I know. Here's the deal. I've been thinking about getting a warp because Jesse and Nick has have been going on about this thing. I've watched them fly. It's dude. It's a badass little heli. It's awesome. <laughs> and then I started looking into it and I thought, hmm, I'm always one for comparison. And Gowie just came out with this X3. Watched a couple of videos, 
you know, looked at a couple of reviews, some photos, build photos and stuff. I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. I mean, it's it's bare bones, right? It's all plastic parts with some metal in there. I got to be honest. I think plastic on that size of a heli, when you know you're going to beat the crap out of it, is probably a pretty, pretty good idea. So I'm I'm thinking I might pick up an X3. Hmm. We will see. I think nice. you should just because yeah, I go mean, for it. It'd be different. Yeah, exactly. I've I've never personally owned a Gowie before, mm-hmm. and while it's not clear to me that owning an X3 as my only Gowie is representative of what all <laughs> the others would be, uh, it's 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 a good first entry into the brand, I guess. Sure. I take that back. I haven't owned a Gowie, but I've worked on enough X5s, and that one just drives me nuts. Yeah. So hopefully the X3 is not like that. This week has been, like Jesse and Dan have already mentioned, a horrible realization that hell is closing in around me. It rained like most of the week. It's rained today. It's projecting rain all this weekend, which means I may not be able to fly. Uh, And when I look at my forecast for the next 10 days, it's rain every single day. So, you know, I was talking to Jody as well. Uh, Dan a couple of days ago and we were going back and forth about the weather and he's telling me that it's summer down there yeah and it's already up into like the 80s and it's it, actually it's just spring it's just coming into summer in Australia and you're thinking about moving and I'm thinking hmm <laughs> <laughs> maybe your company can relocate you there I've always wanted to meet some of those Australian listeners <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, how many flights did you get in this week? This week I got in six. Liar. Two on the Goblin, two on the 7HV, two on the Gasser. I just called you a liar and you walked right over it. You called me a liar? I did. And you walked how? right over the top of it. What do you mean how? I said liar. I said liar. Oh. I think I didn't even hear it. You're lying to us. You didn't fly six flights. I did. Did you really? I absolutely did, oh, yes. Good for you. <laughs> it started raining in the middle of my sixth flight, which was on the Gasser. And I figured I'll finish out the tank and head home. And that's what I did. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gensace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com, enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. How about you, Nick? What have you been up to? Dude, I was flying last weekend. Yeah? Flying full. Tons? I got, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like 26 in one day? I like Justin. I decided to go ahead and give the castle internal gov a shot again, just for sheer entertainment purposes. And uh, been flying that. It's actually a lot better than it used to be. I mean, it's it's quite tolerable. It's very like you have you really have to tune it now because it will do some funky things if the gain's too low. Yeah. Not just not hold head speed like it used to. 
I noticed that as well, Nick, because I started mine at five, like at the low default, mm-hmm. and it was weird. Yeah, it, it's weird. So it takes a little bit of tuning, but it's actually a lot better, like a lot better. Uh, so kudos to them. And I just kind of actually left it because <laughs> it was like, eh, <laughs> I mean, this is working good enough for my entertainment purposes right now. And then I just flew, put a ton of flights in. I think I got. 12 more in on the 700X, and I can happily say that I am finished um, with the review. Nice. Yeah, I am ready to start. I will start writing this week, getting the written portion of it all wrapped up, and then next week we are going to have, it's going to be like the showdown in the, Freaking okay corral with Blade Seven Hundred X. Nice, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a a very inf- informative review. How about that? That's great. Yeah. We like informative. We do. Well, I just I don't know. I feel like I, I'm not. I'm excited to I'm excited to pick this one apart. But I say that in like a good kind of sly way. You know what I mean? This is this is a lot of stuff to review because we're doing the whole combo. So I get to talk about, you know, 7200BX, the the servos, the motor, the airframe, the blades. I mean, just the whole as a package and then as, you know, individual components. And, and I'm not going to get too crazy on, you know, some of the stuff. A lot of it, you know, blades. 7200 bx the beast x has been out for quite yeah. some time so we don't get to get have to get too crazy into that but and it's a good thing that i did because it's freaking raining yeah no kidding yeah <laughs> if you had waited any longer you'd be screwed man i know i'm really glad that it worked out so you know we'll see i'm uh what am i doing right now you know it's work this work thing's just been busting my nuts yeah so I'm I'm actually really looking forward to just kind of getting all calmed back in. I kind of took a break on the sim. As some people know, I've been I'm kind of training for my first half marathon I'm going to try. Woot. So that's <laughs> been wiping me out. Run the other half for me, would you? <laughs> the other half? Yeah. No, I'll, dude, <laughs> it's going to be an act of God if I get through the first half. Uh, you'll be fine, dude. I've been yeah. keeping track, man. I've been seeing the tracks, expanding <laughs> it, running pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's and it's fun. It's good. It's just one of those kind of bucket list things, you know. Yeah, cool. I don't know. And it's now I like to run at night, so it. it but unfortunately, it kind of cuts into my sim time. But we shall see because I'm, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying the sim. Nice. And then what else? Oh, dude. I got some more. I, I'm I'm gonna start on my project, but I can't tell you what it is. Secret Squirrel project. You douchebag. Yep. You're gonna do that to us. <laughs> yep. Oh man. It's just a mm. small fun project. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. All right. All right. Nah, I'm just messing with you, dude. I'm gonna build a new charging case. Oh yeah. We're all of us on the charging case kick. Yeah, right? we I think are. it's just yeah. that just that time of year. You know what I mean? It's just that time of year to start thinking about that kind of stuff. You got any uh you know, you're gonna give us any foreshadowing or are you gonna like wow us with an end product type thing? 
Um, it, you know, I'm not gonna do like the what was it, Chris Trebby and his freaking yeah, <laughs> just yeah. crazy oh, dude, awesome. That thing was amazing. Yeah, like ninja like. No, I'm not gonna go that crazy. I, I'm, I don't have the patience <laughs> for that, nor that level of OCD either. <laughs> uh, no, that thing was awesome. No, I, I'm just gonna go for. I'm looking to take. You know, we had talked about. The power supply situation, you know, about how everyone was, uh, Justin and Jesse were talking about adding another one, and I'm over here going like, you know, I'm tired of lugging around a case with three power supplies. I would really like to find two smaller ones. Well, a good buddy of mine, James, out of just freaking left field, was like, dude, I think I found some. And he's been doing some charging cases with these, uh, they're uh, Hewlett-Packard, Oh, let me see. I don't even remember the number. You, Justin, you remember the number? DPS twelve hundred FB. FB. Yeah, and and I haven't used them yet, so I'm not gonna like be saying these things are the greatest. But I have some here now. They are small. Holy cow! Yes, and they are nine hundred watts. Wow, that is freaking awesome, dude. So yeah, two of them. Um, will run, you know, my 2306Bs just perfectly. Give me a little bit of leftover, um, you know, for a third charger in there just for, like, balance charging warp packs. And, and they're light. I mean, God, they're, they're just, they're so, they're creepy small. Yeah. And so then I, I got and picked up a new case, a, a smaller case, like the, the Hardline XL, like Progressive has. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That case. So I'm going to put those. I'm not quite sure yet. I'm going to stand them up on end or do whatnot, do a little removable tray for the third charger down in the bottom. Man, I don't know. I mean, we've been, uh, me, Justin, and Jesse all week have been doing this whole, well, I could get this charger and get this charger. Man, it's just. I think we had it worked out pretty good, though, dude. Yeah. And then have you made your decision? Well, I got the case, right? And then it threw a big loop in everything. Oh, no. Because it won't fit three eye chargers in the lid. Okay. I mean, that's dude, one this, of the things we were worried about. And this thing is small, but it's awesome small, right? It's the same overall like uh, height. If you set it down, the height is the mm-hmm. same as my case now, but what kind of throws it for a loop is the location of the deck the deck lid Mm. it's up a lot higher in the case so you actually like if you notice on progressive site their deck lid that they have you see that it has uh sections where it's cut out yeah and dropped milled down that's to clear that bump on the 306s right and so you because the lid is up so high so then it was like, well, crap, now what am I going to do? Okay, well, this and that. And then, like, right as me and Jesse were just about to get off the phone, I was like, well, wait a minute. Instead of making that little storage space in the middle like I was going to do, because these power supplies will stand up on end and go front to back in the case. They don't even have to go sideways. They're that short. Right. So I was going to end up with a nice little cubby in the middle, and I was going to cut it out, put a hinge on the deck lid, you know, for a little storage. But I think I can actually now either put like another 306 or a 206 
down in there with a paraboard, like an EC3 paraboard down in there. Mm-hmm. And that way, mm-hmm. if I need to charge warp packs, I'll just pop that little section, you know, just pull that little piece out of the deck lid. I'll put a little handle on it or something. Yep. Set it off to the side, plug all the warp packs, fire it up and go. But if I don't, you know, then... You don't have to look um, at it. Yeah, you don't have to look at it. It's not in the way and you still have all the, the space. So we'll see. It's not going to be the fanciest new ooh-ah. I, I would love... That new cell pro charger. I mean, oh, I would love to have that. But it's really hard to go buy a new charger yeah. when you have all of the power that you need right now. Yeah. Yep. I just want it smaller. But just that single that single unit charger. I mean the, the cell pro one or the iCharger forty ten would just clean things up so it would much. clean it up, but that would be really the only advantage for me. It's just clean. It it yep. wouldn't give me I don't need any more. You know, we had, uh, I was telling Justin, I'm, because of the, I constantly switch back and forth between single charging and parallel charging, depending on how, yeah. what I'm doing at mm-hmm. the field. I pretty much leave my eye chargers on 25 amps. At the same, yeah, he's not even changing anything. No, I don't, I just leave them on yeah. 25. And if I throw, if I throw one stick pack on there, then I'm only doing it at, you know, two and a half or whatever two it is. Half, yeah. So it's no big deal. But if I need to, like if I'm really trying to crank them out, then I'll plug one pack into one plug, you know, the other into the other. And I don't have to change a setting on the charger and it's exactly five. Seat. Yeah. I crank them out. So I'm a convenience. You know, I just, it's not even, you know, that sounds horrible, but it's not even worth the time to me to push the buttons to make it any to get five more amps out of it i hear you dude i don't know i'm excited to see what you come up with because i i want to build one myself but i don't even know i got the power supplies that's about it <laughs> well <laughs> that's where it starts yeah. i mean getting those picked that's out a big and, portion yeah yeah so i don't know we'll see yeah. just a one more project to add to the list i think that's all i've been up to dude huh nice well i've been flying Good for you. Oh, yeah. Nice. I, um, last weekend, uh, you know, much like you guys, it has been raining. Uh, it's a good thing, though, because it helps end the smoke season, mm-hmm. which you guys hear me talk about so often. Um, and, and actually, this year, it's, it's a damn shame. I go back to work, and the smoke season's really short and, and rarely noticeable. Last year, of course, it lasted for months, it seemed. I, um... It was raining on Saturday, so I didn't get to go to the field. I went on Sunday, and I just don't get it. I know I, I say this every time. I just don't get it. I've sent you guys photos of the field on a perfectly beautiful, sunny, clear sky. Mm-hmm. No wind and no souls to be seen. A f- completely empty hmm. field all this day is long. nuts to me. I, I don't get it either. I really, honestly, I don't understand it. Are we sure it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that there are only two other people in Montana? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's 35 people in my club. You would think, you would think that somebody would look outside and go, man, look at it. It's beautiful. Winter's on its way. Maybe I, I should need go- to go fly. Exa- no. That blows my mind. Uh, you stink. I must. Maybe they, maybe I'm just really a, really hard to be around. Could that be it? 
Maybe. I get that a fair yeah. <laughs> Do we have to answer? <laughs> we have to Maybe answer? they can't stand the sight of you, dude. Maybe they don't like helis. That's why I told you don't hang out with those guys. Nah. Actually, I don't. I mean, it sucks that no one goes. But to be honest with you, uh, being that I don't have free reign of my time anymore, it allows me to really get a lot of flying in in a relatively short amount of time. And I was able to do that. So I got a bunch of flights in and uh, the whole taking the heli to work um, plan that kind of spawned the Goblin 500 mm-hmm. actually came to be this week. Oh. I just decided, you know, because I'm busy. I'm really, I'm really busy at work. And I just decided, and I haven't been taking lunch breaks or, mm-hmm. you know, eating at my desk, you know, while working type lunches. And I just decided this week, I was like, you know what? Screw it. This place was here long before I got here. And it'll be back when I get back from an hour lunch break. It'll be here. So I started going and I got I got three days of uh, lunch flying this week. Nice. That's awesome. Because I got four packs uh, now for the Goblin. And uh, I just bring four charged packs, a radio, and a heli. And it's real simple, right? And I've been enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I did have a problem last week with the Nitro. And it was funny. I, th- I was thinking, I went to start it. I got one flight in with the Nitro. Everything was fine. I set it aside, got four flights in on the Goblin, and I went to start it, and it wouldn't start. And I got to thinking about that comment Nick made, don't wait until it's so ass sloppy <laughs> wore out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit. Here we go, right? Well, as it, I was like, it just wouldn't start, and I, I finally, after about five minutes of change, you know, I changed out the glow, and I, I just like, what the hell is going on? And I finally said, well, you know, check the servo. Sure enough, the servo was non-functioning. Whoa, yeah. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, it was holding slightly, but I could actually. Like you could feel that there was electricity in there, but I, if I like tried to convince it to move one way or the other, it would like, so if it were sticking straight up and I put a little forward pressure on it, it would go all the way to the end and then it would hold that spot and then then I could push it back the other way and it would go all the way to the other side. So yeah, I, I, it just happened to go out right after a flight or I don't, I don't know. I, Anyway, I got a lot of flights in on the Goblin, as you can well imagine. One interesting thing did happen on Sunday. Old guy pulls up while I'm flying with his grandson. And I actually wasn't actually flying when they pulled up. I was changing batteries out. And I don't know, the kid must have been eight-ish. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I saw you out here and I thought I'd... Bring my grandson over and, you know, do you mind if we watch for a while? And I said, no, no, not at all. You know how you can just tell when you see a kid, when you, when you just kind of watch him and you're like, this is a problem child. You mm-hmm. know, a spoiled kid maybe. I don't know if that's the right word. One that, that whines and cries if he doesn't get his way or maybe is really acts poorly. Well, this yep. is what we were dealing with. I put the goblin in the air and I explained to the, before I flew, I explained to them, you know, please stand back, you know, stay behind me. Don't, you know, just stay back in the pit area. And so I get the goblin into a hover 
and I flip it inverted and I'm hovering, I notice out of the side of my vision, my peripheral, that this kid is walking forward. Oh, no. And so as soon as I saw that, I just punched it out, inverted, flipped it up over right, and I um, just I just, I kind of looked away from the heli, and I looked over at him, and I said, hey, you know, as I was saying to him, hey, I heard him say, I'm going to go get it. What? Dude, he... Are you kidding It's like he dude? was going to walk out to the field and like try to snag it out of the air, I think. And I I don't know about you guys, but if like like if I'm flying and I like I got a bug biting me or I got a scratch an itch on my leg or whatever, I put the helicopter into a a, a climb and I just take my hands off the sticks and do what I got to do and and then refocus on the helicopter and and go about my business. So I put it up or I you know I put it into a climb, so it's just climbing. And I looked over at him and I looked back at his grandpa and I said, get this kid off of the field. Because he was, by this time, he was 10 paces ahead of me. And so the the grandpa called his kid back. And as soon as the kid was behind me, I brought the heli back, landed it, to put it on throttle hold, got the battery out. And I proceeded to explain to his grandpa. I said, look, I don't mind you guys watching. I really don't. But these are very dangerous machines. If you cannot keep control of your grandchild, I am not going to fly until you guys leave. Because uh, I just wasn't going to take that risk. Because who knows? I, I just wasn't going to take that. Oh, I was. Yeah, sh- I was shocked. I mean, wh- who? Who? What? What is wrong with kids today? <laughs> I don't know. But that was in- that was interesting. It was. They left right away. Oh, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sir. We'll. I'll get. We'll go. Okay. Other than that, uh, jeez, man. So I have gotten quite a few flights in this week. First, good round of flying. I mentioned I got the power supplies in. Haven't done a damn thing with them. I do need to get at, le- at least get them going because my other setup, one of the power supplies is burnt out or something. It's not working. It's only running at twelve volts. Works. Did good. you get so? Which power supplies did you get, Dan? Were they the Feather Merchant ones? Uh, yeah, the Dell like that style. Um, that style, but you got the 700 watt Dell ones, right? Yeah, I don't know if uh, I bought them. Okay, from, the same ones I'm running. Yeah, I got the 700 watt Dells, the ones that have the potentiometer in there to change the voltage. If you yeah, just, no, Justin, mm-hmm. they're bigger. They're, they're bigger. huge. Okay, yeah, they're huge. Okay, but they run really cool. Like, yep. huh. super and very cool. quiet. The, when you yeah, get the fan is a lot bigger on those Dells than they are the HPs. The the yep. HPs that I have anyway. Yeah, Dan, you'll have to go check it out. We're starting. There's a thread going on our forum about some guys that are using those to make a charging case. And uh, we're going to be posting up there showing just the 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 pins that I soldered together basically to to first power it on and then the pins that you solder together to do the fan mod. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. So when you're ready to get those going, go. It's uh, it's on our forum. I'll probably print those out tonight because I think I'm going to build it while I'm at the field tomorrow. I plan on spending the whole day at the field until dark because it gets dark quick now. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah, it does. Plus like two and a half hours. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So I got the power supplies. Going to be start starting that project. And initially, I think I'm just going to build them and uh, wrap them in, I don't know, electrical tape for now. And just kind of set them on a table in my trailer just so I can use them. And then work towards. I did order. ordered. I've got six of them now well they're the others aren't in yet 
the idea being I'm going to build a power supply for Quinn and um, put a third put a third on mine if I decide to go with three or just have another power supply that's ready to go in case something mm-hmm. happens to this right. one. Hey, do what uh, do it. I did not do, and Jesse did not do. Take on the the ends of those, mm-hmm. and I would personally advise putting like either a solder a bullet connector directly to the output, or mm-hmm. use very short stubby wires and then solder a bullet connector on there. Yeah, that's what I did with my other ones. Good. Yeah, that's. I went back and redid mine and did that. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't know why I thought to do that other than I. I thought in case I ever wanted to, to I don't know. I think my thought process was I in case I wanted to add another lead out with, um, with just a twelve volt for a smaller. I've got a couple small like a Triton charger. That way, with bullet connectors, it'd just be easy to make adapters. Other than that, guys, I haven't been doing a whole lot of anything but working, and uh, I haven't been doing my. I haven't replaced the servo yet. <laughs> On the heli, on the mm-hmm. on the nitro, so that's that's a project I got to do in the morning, and uh, got to get some nitro flights in. Can't all be electric, especially since the electric's small. I mean, I I do like it, but yeah, true. I man, I I really really like my nitro. I'll, I'll never be rid of them, unless uh, you know they outlaw it. <laughs> Can't buy nitro anymore for whatever reason. That would be the only time. But. I'm shocked I'm not, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, I would have expected that I'd be like fiending really bad right about now. For Nitro? Yeah, but I, I'm actually still content. I mean, I've still got my 3DS and uh, and muffler sitting up on the show. It's already, I'm just, I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot cheaper when you don't have one, trust me. <laughs> I just that that fuel just stays, you know, none of it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it makes for a cheap it may, it's easier on your wallet when you're not ordering cases of fuel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's yeah, uh, who who's to say? Maybe maybe a 50 will be my next one. Oh, speaking of 50s. Justin, what Yeah. Uh, any further thought on on a 50? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. And and also, I was going to tag off of what Nick said. I I decided this week that I am pulling the stuff out of my Whiplash 90 Nitro, which I've already done. And I'm going to see if I can sell or trade that for either a 50 Nitro or I just want to try another brand of Nitro. That's all. You know, I, I've flown the Whiplash. I like it, but... I see Nick and Jesse fly the Align Nitros, and I remember my Align Nitro from a while back, so there's a bit of nostalgia there, and then the 50 Nitro is the other one that I've been really excited about but haven't decided on. I found a couple of good used deals, but, uh, you know, I'm still I'm still bouncing back and forth. And you will be yeah, for, the, for the next year. What's that? And you will be for the next year. Bouncing. No, because see, we're going into winter, so I've got more time to think about this stuff. Oh, yeah, but that's I feel what like you need. That's just what you here's need. the deal. Okay. I Nick and I were just talking about the I'm just moving right past it because I know what you guys are trying to do here. <laughs> Nick and I were just talking about this, and it's like every time I get something new, I think to myself, well, good. That was the last thing on my list. I, there's nothing else that I need. And then the next week, it's like 50 Nitro, 
90 Nitro, you know, a Gowie X3 or whatever, a new charging system. Never ends. It never freaking ends. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been... I've been struggling to prioritize. How about we say it that way? I don't know which one I want next. Uh, I don't know, man. Goblin 700. That's what I'm thinking. Dude, I already have one of those. Oh, dude, I just totally... I need to change the bait. I threw the line. I got no no bites. Oh, that was for you. That was... Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. And, and, and Nick didn't take it. Yeah, Nick didn't take no. it. It's okay. <laughs> Whatever. I gotta, I gotta find a new bait. Anyway, maybe we should go into some news. What do you think? Is there news this week to go into? Do even? it. Yeah, I got a couple. This is Pinion for HeliPros.com. You know, sometimes Pinion is out practicing his low-altitude crop circles, or maybe even some low-altitude smack with a little 3D thrown in for good measure. Or maybe even an epic skid bump, and things go awry. And I break a part, or two, on my precious heli. That is when I need helipros.com to come through for me. Because not only do they have great prices, but they have the parts in stock and can deliver them quickly. So that I can get back in the air as quickly as possible. And for this, Pinion is eternally grateful. Remember my friends, helipros fly hard because helipros has the parts. Yes! This week's news brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Let's hear your news article this week, Nick. What do you got? All right. So Air Age Media has put out a DVD that Jamie Robertson has done called Helicopter Aerobatics Made Easy. $27.95. And I I guess he's just kind of going through... You know, the more popular maneuvers, step-by-step, set-up secrets, that sort of a thing. You know, I love the idea. Dude, don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. You know, professionally made, which is nice. That's kind of steep. Yeah, that's a little steep. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is Jamie Robinson. I don't know. So are you going to pick one up or what? <laughs> probably not. Um, just to be honest, probably not. I, I would love to be able to say it's awesome and it's worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's got you're putting Jamie Robertson on a DVD and he's you know teaching you how to fly. That could potentially be worth hundreds of dollars. It, it could be, but. Not, yeah, not but doers not aren't necessarily teachers. You know what I mean? Well, and and we don't know. And well, we don't, that's and just okay. We don't let's know. just assume he is an awesome teacher, right? I mean, people make money off this stuff all the time. Where it's like, oh, learn your perfect golf swing with this. You know, this easy DVD. Go watch this, and it doesn't do shit for you. Yeah, but you know, sometimes just. Like, sometimes, you know, we all have things, like, when we're talking about, let's say, like, flips, right? What are you keying off of? Are you keying off of this, or are you keying off of that? And then, okay, well, don't forget, if it's doing this, then you need to move your strip more in this direction. There could be little things that are said in here that really 
are like that moment that are just click and it makes yeah, it just sense. makes it click for someone. Yeah, it could you know it's everyone takes a maneuver yeah. and and there's something about that maneuver in their mind that that like they look at or they watch and that's how they fly that maneuver and I think different people look at the same maneuvers different ways so who knows I want to paraphrase a quote from a guy in the hobby who has been in the hobby for a long long time Mike Mass you guys ever heard of Mike Mass before yes he has a quote I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it word for word but basically the quote goes everything you need to know about how to fly 3D, all those answers are found at the bottom of a 50-gallon barrel of nitro. (laughs) 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 It says it all. That is true. No, that dude, that is is so true, and I went a long time without... This price doesn't look so bad when you compare that. Yeah. <laughs> this, is actually, this is actually a good deal. Oh, I think you just got you there. <laughs> How many fifty gallon barrels of nitro have you gone through, Dan? Oh, I don't I don't I don't I don't know. I I, I honestly maybe ten Thank God two. counting's not his strong suit. I didn't go to yeah. I didn't go to math school. Uh <laughs> I think I just from I, I'm thinking I'm probably on my third, if you want to look at it that way. Damn. This, in the Jeez. last year and a half. That's about, is that, I don't know. That's about right. Wow. It's a lot. It's I, a lot. <laughs> there's no question. And here's the deal. You would think that a guy that has burnt as much nitro as I have, especially in the last year, would fly so much better than I do. <laughs> 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 I needed to hear you hey, laugh first. Yeah, we were just I, waiting. We're like, at least you laugh? can admit it, dude. I just, you know, I'm in no race. I'm in no hurry. I, I love, I just love going out and flying. And, uh, you know, I if the mood strikes me to try something new, I do. But if it doesn't, I don't worry about it. And I just enjoy it for what it is. And occasionally I'll get into those repetitive ruts. And we've talked about this in the past. That's when I kind of feel the inspiration to try something new, but those don't happen too often for me, and I'm okay with that. You know, I, I'm not in a race, and um, I, I'm never—I'm too old for one thing, and it's just something that I, I don't aspire to be. But I, I'm not going to kid you. I mean, we've said this before. I—I I would love to be able to do that stuff. I just do time, do do time. Well, then maybe this video would be it for you. And, and that's you know what that could be because I've been to a bottom of a couple of fifty gallon barrels, and <laughs> the only thing it did was laugh at me, like ah, you dumbass, burn another fifty <laughs> gallons. <laughs> well, I think different people learn things in different you know different things in different ways. I honestly and, think though that if I lived near you guys, like if I lived near you, Nick. I would be a, a much better pilot. I have no question. I have no that that, that there's no doubt in my mind. Because yeah, it's it's tough doing it by yourself. Yeah, because and pushing there's, and yeah, there's no one there to yeah. go. Come on, dude, just do it. And it's really easy to get into one of those. You know, I'm just having fun. You know, I'm just having fun, but I'm not really doing anything crazy. I, I'm not I'm not pushing myself too hard, but I, I enjoy it all the same. So. And I, I've really kind of realized that this past week, man, I've had a, 
it's been a good flying week, and I just, man, I've had a great time. But I digress. What else we got for news? All right, so I don't know if you guys saw it. Well, no, I take that back. I know you guys saw this. Mm-hmm. Looks like we've got a new world speed record. Yeah. Yeah. TDR, of course. Team Heinzelit. 277 kilometers an hour. What is that in uh, real people terms? Freaking fast. <laughs> Do that conversion <laughs> for me real quick, Justin. What is that? It's 170-ish <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> dude. It's fast, dude. Oh, my Lord. It's really fast. Now, did we, you know, Nick, when I first saw that video, uh, I had seen some stuff, some comments on Facebook that said, we're not sure whether he actually got the record. Has it since been confirmed? I don't, I I don't know. Yeah. So I don't want to say, I could be wrong. It was posted all over as the new record. But I, I can't, you know, I, I'm not up in that, in that speed, yeah, class. Circle. Don't really keep up. Yeah, with it. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not, I'm not in that circle of four guys. So, <laughs> four guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fast, and it sucked to see the thing go in. Oh man. my! I mean, you just yeah. at that speed, what can you do? Seriously, dude, I felt that- terrible for the guy. What the heck happened? I have no idea. It almost looked like a servo failure or yeah, something like, like that. Full di- forward elevator. Full forward instantly. elevator. Yeah. Wow. I was actually shocked that he went out and picked up what resembled a helicopter still. I was pretty impressed too. But you know, those those airframes, I'm pretty sure those are all carbon fiber. Oh, the, the fuselage? I'm sorry, the fuselage. I didn't mean the airframe, but yeah. I don't know that. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, but it, it. I was shocked. I mean, it blew the nose off of it, but but p- past that, it was yeah. The I back mean, dude, portion looked pretty darn good. I mean, he lost his batteries. Obviously, the batteries were on fire, but it also looked like they were able to get the packs out of the heli and throw them off to the side before they actually went up in flames. They were just yeah. smoking. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. It was it was big bang. That's fast. <laughs> that is. That, yeah. That's fast. Oh, dude. Just hauling. What a cool it, sound, too. I got to tell you, it makes me want to play with a speed heli. You it should. really does. So there, is, there gladly... is another goblin in your future. No, not There's... necessarily. I mean, yeah, I know the goblin speeds out there, Dan, but these these SFR fuselages that go on the Heinzlitz are pretty freaking sexy. Yeah, but they're, dude, you could buy, like, 10 helicopters for the price of one of those fuselages the that heli right there is probably about five grand worth of hardware that he crashed crashes i was talking to a buddy uh that either knows this guy or is in the speed circle and he was saying it's about four thousand british pounds which I think is right around five grand. Dude, I get US. into I get into that much money. It's going to be a turbine. No, really? Dude. Yeah. Oh, dude. The oh, only cool we... thing about the turbine is the smell before and it the takes s- off. The yeah. sound, dude. No, oh. see, the sound doesn't do it for me. They sound like a real helicopter. What are you talking? Yeah, about? but if you're going to do, yeah, a but turbine... I don't. I'm not in helicopters to make it sound like a real <laughs> helicopter. 
Well, then it's got to be like a four blade, you know. I would agree with that. Yeah, State thousand millimeter. I agree with that. Absolutely. Dude, hell yes. <laughs> Let's do I'd it. Like to but see, see here's the thing though, Dan. Harbor Freight you'd trailer. spend four grand <laughs> just on the, you'd spend four grand just on the jet engine. Well, like I said, if it's going to start getting up into that type of money, it's going to be a turbine. I didn't necessarily say that would be the limit. That's, you know, that's a lot that's of money. That's true. Oh yeah, dude, that is. I would love to do something like that, but but it's just not practical. I mean, you wouldn't fly it very much, but man, how cool would that be? I, I don't know. I I've always thought that would be kind of fun. There's I agree. Dude out at Snohomish that's got one, and it is awesome. I mean, it's cool. Burns it, a hole in the grass every time he takes off. Yeah, that is cool. That is really cool. Yeah, but uh, not realistic. I mean, for Christ's sake. I mean, by the time you're yeah. done with those things, you, you could. <laughs> That's a down payment on a house, man. I mean, that, that's like crazy. That's like, you know, down payment oh, there, on a new truck. There's a guy, who did, who was it that I was talking with, who has a scale MD500. It's like fifth scale or sixth scale or something. I don't know what it is. It's massive. It's not a normal size like 90 or 800 size heli. It's huge. It's got the five blade head. It's got the turbine. And I swear I heard someone tell me he was like 25 grand into that heli. I wouldn't doubt that. Yep. I was I mean, following that a, is amazing. Man. I was following a story and I cannot remember where, but this was a couple years ago. This guy was doing this scale project with, um, like, a, I don't know what type of helicopter that is that, uh, like, Donald Trump rides in, you know, like that, that executive style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, when it was all said and done, dude, it was like, it was like $19,000 and it crashed on the first flight. I mean, it was like a oh. custom paint job. I mean, I mean, what do you do? Do you just go home and sleep for four days straight? You, you don't <laughs> or tell drink the wife. for four days straight. I mean, I don't know what you do when that happens. That sucks. You you cower away in shame and go, "What have I done? <laughs> yeah, what, what have I done? No, I don't know. I, I guess if you got the income for that. You're right, though. If I were to get a speed heli with one of those awesome looking fuselages, I'd probably just stare at it. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. All right, what else we got? Any more news? No, nah, that's all I got. It's a pretty slow week. Slow week indeed. Nobody else has any news, huh? Justin, Jesse? You got- None here. Dude, I have no news. Hmm. Let's make something up. <laughs> Did you guys hear the latest about... Um, let's see. Who, who can we talk about? Oh, God. I don't know. Let's say something bad about Bert Camera. What did he do lately? Yeah. Uh, you guys aren't feeling this? You're going to make me do this all uh, by myself? No, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> no, I'm just you wondering what I'm in more. trouble for. We need yeah, a little uh, more to get me, uh, No, there's nothing to report there. I was just going to try to make up some news and see how, how far along it got me. But you guys weren't really playing along, so. Well, I just wanted to see you go solo. <laughs> you wanted to watch <laughs> me burn. Yeah. All righty, guys. This week's news brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So I'm out at the field after a minor little ground incident with my DFC, and I get that God, that horrible gut-wrenching feeling of a screw pulling the threads from that oh-so-soft aluminum on my one-way hub. Well, luckily, 
KDE has a solution for this with an upgraded stainless steel hub for the T-Rex 700 series. I slapped that hub in, cranked the screws down, and was up flying again in no time. If you've experienced that crappy parts blues, head over to KDE and spoil yourself. It's the it's the week of reviews. We're gonna start a series. We've been doing a, a bunch of reviews lately. We have been. Justin's been doing some. I've been doing some. Nick's been doing some. Jesse's been slacking. Yeah. Ain't no one got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume though you're gonna do some type of review on that uh, compass head, oh. aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I remember can, it was good it, head, right? It was a good head. That is correct. <laughs> So we need to review. I saw no fewer than like three Facebook posts in various areas citing your good head. Yeah, quote that, that from comment last, made its rounds. last week. Yeah, it did. <laughs> that's good all, head. That's all right. Good head. You Finally, I've been waiting for my breakthrough. Finally said something funny enough. You will. Yeah, you will go down in history as the man who said good head. Jesse, the good head guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> That's hmm. Maybe you could talk to those four guys in that circle that are doing the speed stuff, and you could be the pivot guy. Hmm. <laughs> oh, where did that come from? N- nothing. Not gonna. Not gonna. It's uh, awkward. It's yeah. <laughs> did it get a little strange there? A little strange? Yes, it uh, did. I'll have to come up oh, with something. I, I'm I want definitely no part on the, in this. <laughs> on the lookout. On the lookout for something to review. All righty. So let's uh, let's talk about some reviews. What are we talking about this week? Who wants to go first with a review? Who's doing a review this week, by the way? I am. Je- 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 what's your name? Nick. Nick. That's right. Yeah, Nick. That guy. <laughs> what are you reviewing this week, Nick? Well, so we got sent some bearing sets. Mm-hmm. All over at rcbearings.com. Uh, sent us some engine bearing sets. Now, I've been, I've been using these for, man... Since I think my first, yeah, I want to say almost my first, my first OS bearing explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Those were common. Uh, they were very common, mm-hmm. and and there was one very very good remedy for that, and that was def- you know that was heading over to RC bearing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what they've got. For all you guys who don't know, RC Bearings is a company that does exactly that. They deal with all different grades of uh, bearings for our hobby. They have them. You can look them up by size, by application, by shield type, whether they're shielded, not shielded, uh, metal shield, plastic shield. If you want stainless bearings, ceramic bearings. They've got everything. So what we did in this case was uh, we overhauled an OS 55. Now, this has been, for any of you who have experienced OS engines, they have a, they eat rear bearings in them. They're just. Yeah, a little. (laughs) Yeah, a little. I've had them explode on like eight flights in on a brand new motor, which Hmm. really stinks and the nice you know the nice part about these uh, me personally when i go i'll go and order and and you can order them by the motor 
So like right here, I'm looking OS 55s. They give you options for what style of front and what style of rear bearing. If you want to save a couple bucks, you could go with like the R6ZZ shielded chrome bearing for, let's say, the front. Because the fronts, they don't wear out near as much. I mean, you could almost do one front for every two to three rear bearings that you go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could save a couple bucks there if you wanted. But now on the rear, I am such an advocate for the stainless steel bearings that they offer. They take, it, it's just, you take away that that rust factor. You know, when you pull the back plate off and you're looking at the factory bearing and it's like, dude, it looks like it's been sitting in the bottom of the ocean. You don't get that with these, which is really nice. I mean, they'll still obviously stain depending on what kind of fuel that you have, but they inhibit rust so much better. It's just awesome. And I've gotten, I mean, these are lasting uh, for me personally, and not just in OS, in my YS motors too. You can get the same kits. I'm actually, instead of re-ringing and re-bearing, uh, you know, maybe slapping a new piston every overhaul. I'm getting to where I don't have to do bearings every time now. I'm just slapping a new ring in and, and maybe a new piston scuffing up the liner and going, which is a big deal because I don't particularly enjoy changing bearings. Um, I, I will do it, but if if it can be avoided, if I can spend a couple bucks and get a, a higher quality bearing that's going to last longer, be less prone to rusting, and more reliable, then I'm definitely going to go that route. Probably my favorite part about all this, I'm looking right now for this OS 55. So this is a stainless standard front and a stainless rear, $21.44. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. cheaper than the OS ones. Yeah, and exactly. That's the thing. And if we switch over to YS, okay, first, no offense, YS, love the motors, find a set of bearings for a while. <laughs> <these days. laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the parts are getting just few and far between. So being able to hop on here and get a set of bearings in the grade that I want to, I mean, getting both bearings for less than you would get just a rear bearing for from YS is awesome. You know, I've never had a problem with uh, with shipping from RC bearings. It's always fast. It's always prompt. I really enjoy, uh, y- you know, I think people don't give enough credit to, to actual bearings, you know, just in general. We think, oh, okay, well, I had a bearing go out. I'll just go on and look up the part number for my heli. Well, you know, depending on what heli you have, sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't. Do you really want to spend, let's say, eight bucks for a for a set of bearings for your T-Rex 600, okay? We're just making this stuff up as we go. You Now, the bearing quality on that, it might actually be like an ABEC 1 bearing. Align bearings are not exactly well known for their quality. So you can hop on, you can hop over here to RC bearings 
you can all you just pick out your size, put in all your inputs for your size, and it'll bring up, and then you can choose a bag three, a bag five, whatever. You can end up seriously getting twice the quantity of bearings for the same price, and they're a better quality. And that's a big deal, and that's what I like doing. I'll actually go on here, and I will measure up all of my more common bearings, main shaft bearings, uh, tail shaft bearings, right? Uh, torque tube on your, your front torque tube transmission gear. You know, you got the little one on the top and the bottom. Those seem to get gone through quite a bit. So I'll get those. I'll get all those sizes kind of for all my helis. I mean, I don't order my bearings per, you know, what heli it is. I don't, I don't go and look up the part number for my, you know, for my DFC for the bearings. That's not what I do. I measure the bearing out and I hop on here. I'll order three sets of them. And I'll do that for all my helicopters all at once. And man, it is so nice to be out at the field, be like all of a sudden, you know, maybe you crash or you troubleshoot a problem. Bearings are like, it seems like they're that one thing that you you look at it, you get all your crash parts, you make that order, you're like, sweet, I'm good to go. You tear it all the rest of the way down, and you get to that one spot, and you're like, man, <laughs> yeah. this bearing is sketch. And, you, and you're sitting here going, you know, I could probably run it for a little bit, but if you're like me, then it'll really bug you, you know, because you never want to put something back in that's that's sketchy. Pinion support bearings. Anyone who flies electrics, no. Especially, I mean, Aligns, numerous oh, other dude. brands. Yeah. You go through dude, those we, like crazy. Chew through those. Don't buy the Align bearings. Don't. Hop on here. Get a better bearing that's going to last a lot longer. You know, we had joked, um, or, or not joked, but I had gone through that a while ago when I was screwing around with the whole clutch stack thing on my TRX 700 Nitro. Here I'm buying, you know, I'm I'm buying the sets from a line. You get the two big bearings and the smaller ones, that, you know, the one that goes in the clutch bell and the one up top for the starter shaft. And I'm buying them in those sets. And I'm getting them, I'm putting them all in, I'm cranking everything down, and I got play. And it's like, man, this this sucks, you know? Now all of a sudden you go on here, you pick out all your sizes, you put all of that same setup in there for less money, and you have no play. And then you take them, you know, you end up having to, let's say you burn up a clutch liner, or, you know, I think I had like actually a clutch shoe break or something like that. 30, 40 flights after that, I was expecting these bearings to be shot because that's all I was getting out of the other ones. You take it all apart and it's like, holy crap, this is still in good shape. <laughs> that was that experience for me was really kind of the turning point on it is worth it to buy good bearings. And there is a huge difference, especially you guys that aren't big crashers. You know, if you're getting... 100 flights, 150 flights, 200 flights, and you're not crashing, dude, treat yourself because you don't have to go back through on this maintenance if you're doing a good quality bearing in there. I could not be any happier um, with the bearings that I've gotten from rcbearings.com. I'd love to pick, you know, I think, I guess if I had to find 
one little teeny thing negative. I got a missed packaged bearing once. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad quality. It was just a mispackaged one as a as a set of thrust bearing, you know. Hmm. But I mean that happens. Stuff happens. I'm, yeah, I'm not too worried about that. But as far as the actual bearings, I've never had a problem. It is really really nice to be able to just go over to your parts bin, and you know. They'll ship them out in these nice little plastic tubes, and you know, like on the T Rexes, there's a lot of bearings. If you actually start looking at looking at the actual sizes of the bearings, like that share numerous places through the heli, especially within the tail area. So, hey, man, go through. You know, get four or six bearings at a time. You know, you can do a whole order here, spend twenty five, thirty bucks on bearings, and you're set for the whole entire year through all your crashes uh, me personally in my experience you know we went through this uh motor rebuild with mike uh, uh, kind of a newer pilot here had some nitro car experience we we took this this bearing set from rc bearings and uh you know got it installed in the os 55 uh, you can just it's it's such a nice feeling to know that when you get it all put back together it takes that worry out, especially out of the OS motors, which is like, oh, man, yeah, this is brand new, but, you know, what if, what if, what if? Well, you slap these in and that what if goes away. And so he's looking at, you know, he's looking at 20 gallons of just nothing but flying and not worrying about bearing problems. So I highly recommend them. And it's definitely where I go for my bearings. And I'll add. So to, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll add to that, Nick. I've been using those RC bearings for for a long, long time, and I I've been ordering from them uh, as well for re rebuilds. In fact, I've got several sets of those for well motors. I don't necessarily fly anymore, like the OS fifty. I don't really fly that one. But uh, last time I did, I did that very thing. I ordered several sets, so I always had them. So moving along to another review. It's the review week. I I was fortunate enough to get some bling bling from our friends at KDE for, nice. for the Goblin 500. Mm -hmm. Nice. Before I go into what I got, for those of you, everyone knows Patrick and KDE and, and the fantastic stuff that they make. Dan, it's Patrick and Leslie. Oh, that's right. Don't ever leave. I can't Leslie leave Wesley out. out of. <laughs> you can't. She is the driving force behind that that company. We all know that. And we've you know we've had several conversations in the past, and and you know right with Patrick being right there, some of the things uh, are just bling and they look good and maybe not as functional, but there are a ton of things that that they make upgrades they make that are completely functional. Just to kind of overview KDE, man, they've got stuff for everything. They've got a line and compass and e-flight and Gowie and Mikado and Outrage and SAB, Synergy, bearings and fasteners, and just various other accessories. But I noticed something here. KDE even has stuff for you damn dirty plankers out there amongst us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I noticed that recently. <laughs> I didn't realize Striker that. Striker parts. Yeah. That nasty. Uh. Striker parts. Uh, you know, and it seems to me that when we go to a Northwest Fun Fly, eventually, inevitably, a striker makes its way out and uh, does some high speed passes. Um, so maybe that's where that inspiration was from. 
first of all, the quality of KD, <clears throat> nobody, you just can't deny it. We, all of us, I think, all of us, maybe, Jesse, do you use any KDE upgrades? Oh, yeah, on the TRX 700. Yeah. yeah, I mean, all of us use it. We all love it. And um, some of them, some of the upgrades that, as I mentioned, are a little less functional, but sure look good. And some of them are exceptionally functional. Um, and we've talked about before in previous episodes what, what our favorites are. Mm-hmm. But moving on to um, what I got from Patrick for the TL500, I guess that's the new uh, name for the Goblin, isn't it, Justin? Yep, the TL500. <laughs> <laughs> he sent um, a bell crank lever to replace the stock plastic TL500, Goblin 500, uh, bell crank lever. Um, the claim... This is on the tail? This is for the tail. Okay. Yeah. The claim is that it's going to add, uh, take a lot of slop out and add some rigidity. Uh, let me just tell you that the stock plastic one looks out of place. And I, I've take, I took some pictures because I was fortunate enough to have two goblins with me here for a while. So I, I was able to take some side-by-side photos. And when I do release the written review, I will include those photos. And it, it's, it almost seems, and it, and it does seem out of place. And it's funny that such a, you know, essentially a helicopter that's made with pretty good quality parts, it just, it seems weird that they didn't do that. But that plastic piece is very flexible. I mean, you can take that piece out and you can manipulate it very easily into various positions other than the intended position. Uh, the cool thing about Patrick's upgrade is it's a direct replacement. The, the pins that go into the actuating part of the bell crank that actually uh, slide the slider back and forth. As you guys, it's, it's like a disc that's got mm-hmm. a groove in it, and the pins slide into that, right? It's kind of like the old JR style right? Mm-hmm. that uh, we're used to seeing. The over-under setup. Yes. Yep. So it's a direct replacement from, from the, all the stock parts, uh, those pins screw right in and the bearings and everything else now is it does it hold up to its claim it's it's obvious that it is going to be more rigid less slop because there just isn't any play but i gotta be honest the the stock one although is when out of the helicopter very flexible when it's in the helicopter it seems to be pretty sturdy and i didn't notice much slop there either, but the caveat is it was brand new, essentially less than 50 flights. Yeah. Plastic has a tendency to develop play. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I would have been interested to eventually, and maybe Quinn, as he gets more flights on that helicopter, uh, maybe he can chime in or maybe some of you goblin guys out there that have a ton of flights on can chime in. Does play develop in that plastic Belkring. You think this will this one will hold up better or worse in a crash? Well, that's kind of a catch twenty two. Plastic bends doesn't have a memory. If you bend aluminum, it stays bent. You know, I've never. I, I like one hundred percent agree with that, and I'm actually a big fan of plastic in certain places. Yep. Yep. Um, I have exploded numerous 90 degree tail arms like this 
numerous ones. I mean, just blown them clean where the bearings were still just sitting there. <laughs> but I have never bent or destroyed an aluminum one. I have. Uh, and that's the thing. This is this guy is, is a very sturdy, very sturdy little thing. I really think for you to do any damage to this in a crash, it would have to be like a straight-up tail slide from a couple hundred feet in the air. Yeah. Well, that's called a shocker, isn't it? Yes, yes. It is. yeah, that's the shocker. And even then, my Mr. Crash. I have my doubts. I, I just don't think that this is, uh, considering the size, the mass, I just don't think that it's a part you're, you're going to destroy in a crash. I, I mean... The upgrade itself. Well, it just seems a shame for such a nice heli. And that's the thing. That's the thing that I was... This part fits. It does fit. Like, it looks right. It looks like it was meant to be on the helicopter. And I can't help but wonder, when Patrick saw that, when he got his 500, he just thought, well, that's kind of chinky. That's, that's, that's what is up with that. And, and he thought, hey, let's just build a new one. And I got to tell you, it, it looks like it belongs on the helicopter. Like It's like, why didn't they do that right from the... It, right now, is go. it is it when you compare it? I know you said you've got pictures, Dan, so we'll see it in the written review. But when you compare it to the plastic, it, it's obviously not just aluminum. But is it beefier than the plastic one? No, it's it's like dimension it's, wise. Dimension is it wise, exactly it's the same? exactly the same size. It's exactly the same. It nice. is. It is. There's the weight. So it's almost you wouldn't be able to tell the difference except for the fact that it's it's metal. It's metal, and I'm sure it's a little heavier. It, it weighs in at 2.8 grams. I'm sure the bone, <laughs> you know, it's like anything else, though. You're blowing that mass budget, man. I, you, you gotta, you gotta keep everything in mind. But look, this is a, it's a fantastic upgrade. Is it a necessary upgrade? I guess that's in the eye of the beholder. I personally, for a part like this, I would definitely buy it because look, it, it looks good. It's a KDE product. It's quality. We know that, and it looks like it belongs. And it's not a very expensive upgrade at nineteen bucks, nineteen ninety five to be exact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's not bad. So yeah. you know, is it something you need for your goblin? Eh, probably not. Is it going to look good? Well, obviously yes. Is it functional? I think you know. Without, I get it'd be like I said, if we had a way to see if over time that plastic one does develop some slop, which I'm sure. It, it must, or at least for Patrick, the way he flies, it must have. That's, I mean, he did that and he made that upgrade. Um, but I, I didn't notice any noticeable flight characteristics, um, tail wise that would indicate that, that this was something that I needed to buy. You know, what's been my biggest complaint about the plastic versions of this style is that if you want to take and, you know, like let's say you crash, and, and let's say the plastic one never breaks, right? Those two screws that with the pinned ends on them that go in the tail pitch slider sleeve there, mm-hmm. it's plastic. And as we all know, you can only go in and out of plastic so many times right. before it starts disintegrating and, and threads come back out. And that's a really big one. I experienced that with a couple helis. That had plastic ones where I was just, maybe I'm replacing a bent tail shaft in it, you know, but you do have to take those in and out to get this all apart. And that's where I could see this one being completely worth it because it's aluminum and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. What it boils right down to for this part, I I would get it. I would, I would buy it without problem. It's not, 
it's not uh, for me in particular one of the must-have upgrades, and we've talked about this before. Uh, for like the 700, uh, you know, the thrusted bearings, I love those, and I get them. And um, this one, it's not really one that I must get, but I would get simply because the price is right, and mm-hmm. it looks fantastic. Is it necessary? Yet to be determined. We'll see if over time some of you Goblin guys are noticing slop in the plastic stock. Moving on. The next item uh, that Patrick sent us was the landing gear support. Now, (laughs) I I actually have direct experience with the beauty of the stock version of this part. First of all, they look fantastic. Again, ADE, you cannot deny that. And I will say that I did notice immediately upon putting them in a more rigid frame. Um, I, that bottom plate is plastic. I get that. It doesn't seem to affect the upper part of the frame where it's uh, not where it's carbon fiber. But those landing skids on the stock version, there's a, a teeny bit of play in them. They will rock back and forth ever so slightly. Uh, eventually, maybe that becomes a problem. But I will tell you without a doubt that that sacrificial. Well, first of all, maybe I should explain how they go in. I don't know. A lot of maybe you are, you guys are not all familiar. These skids, these skids do not bolt to the frame at all. They fit in by they they're pressure fitted in. In other words, you put mm-hmm. you you slide them in either end of the bottom tray, and then you bolt the carbon fiber uh, struts on. Mm-hmm. So, the idea being when you crash there's a sacrificial part that does not do any damage to the frame. It's an absolute fact. I crashed the goblin and there was absolutely no damage to the frame. The, the, the intended part broke and it's a very inexpensive fix. I think there were like six bucks. It didn't manage to save one of the carbon fiber, uh, landing struts, but you know, there were other, probably other issues at play there as well. So they look great. They 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 do add a little bit of rigidity to the frame, but they're very inexpensive. At thirteen bucks each, fourteen bucks, thirteen ninety five. They are never going to break, but they if something does happen, the intended purpose of the sacrificial landing support is no longer there, and you're risking some damage to the the bottom plate, which again is plastic. Probably not an expensive mm. fix, right? Mm-hmm. It's really kind of, this is definitely one of those, dude, this looks awesome. I'm putting it on. It's definitely, it, <laughs> I don't see a reason why you would need this particular, this particular upgrade, but it does look great. And I've got, there's pictures. nothing wrong with bling. Baby. Exactly. And that's some of the KDE stuff. As we've said before, it's just about the bling baby. And this, in my opinion, is just about the bling and there's nothing wrong with that. So, guys, the next part of this review is going to be the motor, and uh, I'm not really prepared to talk about it yet because I have only got a few flights on it, but look forward to that here probably in the next couple weeks, probably after Nick does his uh, 700X review. Uh, This weekend, hopefully, whether cooperating, I'll be able to get a ton more flights on it and get some more information, and uh, we'll talk about that. I would just want to say, hey, Patrick, thanks for sending that stuff out. As always, great job on all of it. It all looks great. And uh, we have all have a lot of experience with the KDE stuff. 
I look forward to doing the written review and and uh, getting a chance to fly that motor some more. Nice, nice. dude. So, guys, look forward to in the next few weeks, uh, Justin's going to be finishing up his review on, what is, what is that thing you're working on, Justin? The Power Bug Alternator for the Gasser. That's right. Nick's going to be finishing up his review on the 700X, and then I'll be finishing up uh, the KDE stuff with this motor review. So look forward to that for the next few weeks. Shit, guys. I think I need to get a new charger. Well, hey, Dan, why don't you head over to Progressive RC and check out that new iCharger 4010 Duo that they got over there. Looks to be a powerhouse. And, dude, while you're at it, check out one of his charger case combos as well. They're great looking. I know, man. Those things look sweet. I think I'm going to do that right now. www.progressiverc.com. Check them out for your charging needs. I want to talk about an email I got. Got an email from a listener. Brought something to my attention. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about generators. Now, we've talked about generators before, but this is this was kind of a unique email. Um, because we're always, when we, we talk about generators, we're always talking about Hondas or Yamahas. Sometimes some other off-brands. But something was brought to my attention. And I don't, I haven't been able to actually check this out to see if it's fact or fiction or partially true Mm -hmm. or completely true, but we'll throw it out there and maybe someone can chime in and let us know what they think as well. In particular, have you guys ever heard of uh, Bowley generators? No. No. I have not. Well, there's a a Bowley generator out there that is, it's called the Pro 3600 SIE. Uh, this uh, listener, his name is Patrick, did a direct comparison through the manual between it and a Yamaha EF3000ISEB. He came to a conclusion based on some of the, some of the, the parts that, that both manuals had and the part numbers that essentially the internals of this generator are identical. The only difference is the chassis. Now, the, the Yamaha, admittedly, apparently, has a much more robust aluminum and probably better designed and maybe stronger, last longer type chassis. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, the, the, the main parts that actually power your power supplies and your air conditioning or whatever you're running are the same. It's the same machine. And I'm sitting here looking at a picture of them and they almost look alike. Color, color, uh, you know, not the same color, but I have a Yamaha, and this three, th- this thirty six hundred looks just like mine, my twenty four hundred. What's the catch here, dude? Well, the the th- the catch is, I mean, you 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 ever priced out a three thousand watt generator, Yamaha in particular? No, not explicitly, but I've got a 2,000-watt Honda, so I could guess. About $2,000 if you find a deal. Typically, uh, 2200 Wow. You can get these bullies. Now, I, I've actually, I did a little bit of research, not on the quality, but on the price. Typically, it looks like they go for about $1,000, but you can catch them occasionally for as low as $750. 
for a 3600 watt generator typically when you're looking at this kind of stuff you go look at reviews and you know you got to put on the filter for that and kind of objectively decide what you're gonna get out of those for the most part i mean i'm reading reviews from guys that use this generator all the time all summer long uh in their rvs and no problems and this guy in particular patrick says He's been to five events and camping at least five to six weekends. And he said it runs all weekend long, just as quiet as any of the other big name brands. And um, problem free, problem free. The point is, I think, guys, I think if we did a little research, we might be able to find some generator. I I don't know. Do you guys think that the generator market is maybe improving? These guys are starting to these less expensive models are starting to kind of work their way up. It would seem so, man. I mean, that's like, that's like potentially game changing. That is, but I mean, here, here we are, Jesse and I were just talking about, well, why do we actually need to upgrade to more power on the charging system? (laughs) Our Honda 2000s will only handle 1600 (laughs) Watts that made the decision for us. But if, I mean, if we could go and pick up a 3,600 watt generator for about the same price, holy crap, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot bigger. That, that could be problematic for some guys. But um, the, the obvious, I guess, would be the negative here is um, how many bully service centers do you guys see rambling about? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that is a concern. And it's a modeler's generator. It's a modeler's <laughs> generator. <laughs> I think uh, one of the concerns that I kind of picked up on was apparently, and take it for what it's worth, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe one of you guys out there owns a bully and can confirm this. The the one thing I did seem to read a lot of was the the it's an electric start. You just turn a key, right? It's got a pull start on it as well. But apparently that battery is just horrible. And the cooling fan is made out of plastic. I guess the issue there is it wears out quicker and then parts support for this this generator seems mm-hmm. to be a bit spotty. Tough to get. Warranty work done. A lot of shipping involved. And then dealing with a company that maybe isn't real high on the customer service uh, rankings, so to speak, but I don't know if you got a little bit, you know, a guy that's got a little bit of mechanical aptitude can maybe work some of these issues out themselves. This might be a generator to consider. I don't know, man. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about, I'm th- cause I've been, I'm looking for a bigger generator, one that I can mount onto the trailer and, uh, um, one that can definitely, my generator will run my AC, but man, it's asking a lot. I'm asking a lot of that generator. Yeah, you'd have some headroom on this one. Yeah, there's a little bit of headroom, and um, plus the big power supplies. I don't know, man. You got any? You guys looking to get a new generator? Maybe consider if I do the trailer thing. Then yeah, see yeah. that would. Yeah, exactly. That if it's bigger than a Honda 2000, uh, you know, I got all I can do to fit my Honda 2000 and all my other crap in my POS Honda or a. Uh, scion so it's probably not for me right now but knowing that there's even that opportunity out there is pretty freaking awesome dude i i ran across another generator and i should have 
made note of it, but it was uh, essentially the same size as a Honda 2000, but it was brand new. It was $600. Uh, it, it almost looked identical to a Honda 2000. They're out there. It, this one was black. I, can't, I wish I can't even remember the name of it, but these generators are out there. The, the thing, though, is the parts support. And I did actually look at some of the specs on this. This particular generator weighs in at an astonishing 81 pounds dry, which is really light for a generator that size. Because my generator at 2,400 uh, dry is 76 pounds. Wow. Hmm. The Honda, the Honda, or the Yamaha that um, it compared that this is being compared to, I don't remember exactly what it is, but something tells me it was over a hundred pounds. So I don't know, and that's that is a concern. Those of you who are lugging it around and lifting it in and out of trucks or trailers, you know, that, it's a big generator. But man, I got to tell you, it it sounds appealing to me. I, I'm I was actually thinking about buying a new Yamaha this winter. Uh, a 3000 actually. So now I might be uh, doing a little more research on this bully. Mm-hmm. Nice. Sweet. So Justin, you got an email the other day too, didn't you? I did get an email. What was the And this is this is a pretty cool email. I like it. This is from a listener by the name of Ken. What Ken asks is about the 700X. So the Blade 700X, we know that's a new heli. Nick's been reviewing it. So what he writes is that he's just wondering, since there seems to be some concern on the size of the spindle bolt for the Blade 700X, I don't know if if you guys have been following this heli. If you look at some of the forums, you can see some threads about, oh, well, it's smaller than usual. Uh, Is that okay? So he says, I own this helicopter. I feel that it flies great but some people think the 4mm spindle bolt is not strong enough. Could you possibly explain to me, or on the show, talk about what really would be sufficient and some of the tech stuff behind it? Thanks, Ken. So this one, you know, it's interesting. Right before Ken sent me this email, I was doing some research on this heli because I knew Nick was going to be doing the review at the time he hadn't gotten it yet. I had happened across a couple of these threads where people were complaining. Let's give the background first. And Nick, since you've got one in your hands, let me know if I misrepresent it here. But Mm -hmm. the, the Blade 700X, unlike I think pretty much every other 90 size heli on the market, runs an M4 or a four millimeter hardened spindle bolt. So what we're talking about here are the two bolts that bolt in on either side of the feathering shaft to hold the main head grips on, the blade grips, okay? If you look at any of the other state-of-the-art helis out there, Align, Gowie, Synergy, uh, Miniature Aircraft, you name it, Compass, they're all running M5s in the very least. Some of them run M6s. If you have some of the more exotic ones, for example, the the alias Rush doesn't even run a bolt. It uses a male threaded spindle with uh, locking nuts that hold the blade on. So it's sort of like the reverse of the standard bolted configuration. And so Ken, and rightfully so, 
looks at all the other models out there and says, well, are we okay with a four millimeter spindle bolt? Now, here's the deal. What I want to talk about here is the technical details, but I'm also going to give you the heads up that it doesn't always come down to technical. Okay. So this is what we're looking at. When, when we consider the structural capabilities of a head, okay, we're worried about stuff like how heavy are the blades, how fast are they spinning, what are their lengths, those three things tell us the kind of loads that the head is going to see. And then once we have that, that math done, we can talk about the type of failure mechanisms that occur. In a typical head, there are five main failure mechanisms, okay? In other words, ways that that head could fail. One is, uh, we're going to refer to it as the grip-bearing stress or or failure and that is as the head's spinning we have a force that's pulling the blades trying to pull the blades out of the head grip right well what holds the blades into the head grips the blade grips is a big usually m5 bolt right that bolts down through the the top and the bottom parts of the grips through the center of the of the blade root and clamps everything together when the force on that blade is pulling, it loads the actual aluminum head grip itself, the little fork, the over-under fork. A bearing-type failure would be pulling through that aluminum and basically ripping the, the bolt out of the, out of the head or the blade grip. The next one is that blade grip bolt shear a shear failure. In other words, now instead of the blade grip failing, I'm going to rip that bolt in two. The blade's just going to pull it right apart. Okay. Then there are three main ones on the spindle. One is bolt tension failure, which is what it sounds like. In other words, I pull so hard on the grip that I either pull the head off of the bolt that holds that grip into the spindle, into the head block, or I... I uh, pull the bolt apart on the actual shank where the threads are. The other two are thread-based. You got two sets of threads, the bolt threads, which are external threads, and the spindle threads that the bolt goes into, internal threads. You can have internal or external thread failure by shear. You pull hard enough, the threads fail. Okay, Those are the five ones that we typically care about. If you do the math, the ones that are usually the biggest concern are the bearing failure, which is pulling the bolt, the blade bolt out of the little over under fork on the grip or the failure of the external threads on the spindle bolt. Those are the two that we are always closest to have the lowest margins. That's a lot of technical talk. Let's talk actual numbers here. If we look at the standard spindle bolt, it's a hardened bolt. Okay. Hardened steel bolt, high tensile strength, very strong, very capable. If we look at a 90 sized heli and it's spinning a head RPM, let's, let's bring one of our good friends into this and, and we'll assume he's flying. It's a 2,500 RPM 
90 size heli okay you guys know who i'm talking about we don't have to put the name out there all right and this particular fellow is swinging let's say 710 millimeter blades and the blades weigh about 200 205 grams a piece with a 2500 rpm head with that set of blades we're looking at somewhere in the range of about 450 to 500 pounds of load on each blade on the on the grips on the blades on the bolt all of that okay so if you do the math to determine what and here's another technical term i'll define it margin of safety is and when we say margin of safety what we're talking about is how much additional strength does a given part have over the load that it's seeing Okay, how much stronger is the bolt than it needs to be for the load that it's going to be put under? That's what margin of safety is. If it's a positive number, that means it's a hell of a lot stronger, depending on how big that number is, than the load that it's going to see. With a four millimeter spindle bolt at 2,500 RPM, 450 to 500 pounds of load, the margin of safety for failure of that bolt in external thread shear is 8.9. Got a little room you there. Yeah. Room. What that means is that bolt can handle a load that is 8.9 times greater than that of the load that is being placed on it in the conditions that we considered. And and so, you know, we'll, we'll go through some other numbers here. We went through five failure modes. That's the external thread failure. Internal thread failure on a hardened spindle is a is a margin of safety of about ten. Bolt tension, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, it's off the charts high. It usually is not a concern in terms of bolt t- bolt tension. Interestingly enough, the lowest margin of safety is typically on the over under fork that the blade grip has because it's made out of aluminum and usually it's pretty thin aluminum, only a few millimeters. So on the example that I used, and I just put some rough numbers together, guys, I'm not, you know, don't take it to the bank because every brand's different. I don't know all the materials that they're using, but the the bearing margin of safety was about 3.6 in this particular case. What what you conclude from that is, first of all, there's a schload of structural margin on these things. And if it were to fail, it's more likely that the head grip would fail before the actual bolts themselves here's the caveat to all of that for a machine that is designed correctly and is supplied with parts that are machined and tolerated correctly and whose material properties are appropriate that does not hold when you go and get a knockoff that doesn't use hardened steel that uses some crappy steel with poor quality or poor quality control, then you 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 know you can't look at these numbers in the same way. Then you you can you could be potentially concerned. It takes a lot more than what the typical person is putting this through to destroy a spindle, spindle and bolt system. What does that mean for us? Okay, so. Chances are what that means, or I'll I'll say it this way. Justin's assessment is that blade 
designed it correctly. They can handle an M4 perfectly fine. No big deal. And I'm quite certain that Blade, with the size of the company and the kind of assets they've got, actually have engineers doing the work, which is, it's not surprising they came up with an M4. There's the other side of it, which is perception. As a consumer, you see a bunch of other helis out there that are running M5s and M6s, and you see this guy in an M4. Should that make you feel comfortable if you don't know what we just walked through right here? I was I was addressing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a roll. Uh, yeah, I was well, totally I, like I, into I, what I want to know saying. what you think because there's always two sides of the story. I just walked through the the engineering and the math side of it. The engineering and math says we're good to go. That doesn't mean that that was the right decision on Blade's part. I would agree with yeah. that. Completely. Okay. Yeah. So most people won't know what we just talked about, and the the extent of their knowledge will be confined to all of the schlock that gets thrown around on the various forums by people who think they know what they're talking about when all the other brands out there are running bigger bolts could they suffer from that perception whether or not they are correct yeah they can mm-hmm. i think so you, i don't know you got it a didn't... button your voice though nick no it it there there isn't one because i i put it together didn't even think twice about it how and and now that you've put it together, that portion of the head did anything set you off as ooh, this is a little dodgy. I'm not sure about this. You know, I'll, I'll get into it within the review, but actually, the the smaller bolts that hold the grip arms on mm-hmm. um, were uh, uh, I want to yeah, I'm not even going to say because I don't remember the measurements on them, but they were smaller than quote unquote industry standard. Okay, and I went, huh? Look at that. That's a little odd. Eh, I'm not gonna worry <laughs> about it. On. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. I I make note of that stuff, but unless it's really, you know, like whoa, here. I I sometimes I think people just they like to dig into stuff. I mean, we, you know, we've seen Compass go through the same thing. Uh, with the, uh, what is it, the 10 millimeter main shaft, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Oh, you can't, how could they possibly, a 10 millimeter, run the math on it? You know, it, it's, it's plenty big enough. But industry standard is that 700 class heli has a 12 millimeter main shaft. Yep. So, then people are going to whine and complain about it. But again, there there's no doubt. It can be said very, very confidently that when you go to these lower sizes, these which have lower margins inherently, it does the machines. The success of the machine does rely much more strongly on proper design, adherence to manufacturing tolerances and control of material properties. Okay. I think the control is probably the biggest thing. And that that would that I think is probably the biggest advantage to overbuilding it is that you're creating you're basically giving yourself a lot more cushion to have it work with shitty parts. Yes, that's correct. I don't know. That that I mean cuz we've heard of we have heard of 
you know, why did Lynx come out with those the spindle bolts for the T Rex seven hundred? If yeah. there wasn't a need for them, why did they put them out there? I mean, just well, did, okay, did they, they could be capturing. They could be capturing uh, or uh, capitalizing on the perception as well. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But it's more than likely because at some point somewhere, someone put a bolt in a kit that shouldn't have been in there because it was a crappy piece of hardware. Right. You know, it had nothing to well, do with. You it. know, one thing that a lot of us I think have experienced in one kit or another is. Wherever you've gotten it from, whoever decided to do it doesn't give you hardened bolts for, say, like the Jesus bolt. We've, se- I mean, we've seen the results of that when you oh, take a, the yeah. head off of a Jesus <laughs> bolt in a hard auto or a crash, and then you can't actually get your auto hub off of your main shaft yeah. because it's like spin welded itself in place. <laughs> yep, you know, so. What I found interesting when I looked through these threads is that there were people that were confidently coming out and saying, I will never buy a blade because of this. They they're, are going to kill people. You know people. what? They're just looking. They're just looking for a reason. And that, that's, I guess that's why I'm so, I'm really looking forward to doing this review. Mm-hmm. Is and this is why I wanted to do this re- review was to take all those people and be like, you know, if you want to complain about something, then just you're gonna find, dude. Yeah, I can always I can tear apart any helicopter, always, dude, and find a bunch of stuff to complain about it. If I don't, if I really didn't like it and just didn't want to fly, mm-hmm. you're right. I mean, I could take the Goblin, probably the one that's taken the most momentum in 2013 and just rip it to shreds from a design and this and why they do this and it's so stupid and this and I would never own one because of this. Doesn't mean it's not a good helicopter. I agree. That's how I feel about Compass. It's it's been a while since I've said anything negative about Compass. I just felt it was time. No, that was that was good, man. I I was actually looking forward to hearing what you thought about that. Uh, I don't really have an opinion. I I just assume that it, it's fine. Why, why would they build it if it wasn't? You know. Yeah, I mean, you got to believe that the guys know what they're doing. I mean, I may be yeah. completely wrong, and they've got a bunch of crazy people working for them. But with the kind of financial backing that a company like Blade has, I suspect they've employed some engineers that can do the work. Well, guys. I think we're getting to be about that time, I suppose. Uh, by the way, the emails. We, we love the emails, good or bad. You know, we get our fair share of both, <laughs> especially as of late, it seems. That's all right. We like to hear from you guys. And should you want to hear from us, we should give you some email addresses. Nick, if someone wanted to send you some hate mail, where would they send that to? Uh, they seem to always find the way, <laughs> and that way is sending it to nick at rchelynation.com. Jesse, if they wanted to get in touch with you? Just send me an email at jesse at rchelynation.com. And last but not least, Justin. You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com. I am Dan, you guys. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan K. Reed on our forums. 
Uh, one quick mention, I would like you guys invite you guys to our forum. Seems to be picking up. There's quite a bit of activity there. Also, too, don't forget about Facebook. It's a great way to find out what we've been doing and interact with us there as well. This has been, guys, episode 104. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed making it. Have a good week, guys. We will see you next Monday. See you next week. Talk to you guys next week. Later, guys. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you in part by HeliPros, KDE Direct, Progressive RC, and Jen's Ace Batteries. We thank you for listening, and if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.